Hello, it's Liana Bolden with Eternally Speaking Now. The name of this message is Intentionality. Intentionality. Uh, when my son was well into his teen years, I remember he had asked if we could go camping. Well, at the time, I had responded without much thought saying, oh, yeah, honey, that, that's a great idea. You and dad should put that on the calendar and, and do that again. No, mom, he clarified. I want all three of us to go together. Oh, honey, that's okay, I said quickly. I'm I'm fine not going. I kind of felt like I was, you know, doing him a favor. <laughs> this is always something you and dad like to do, I added matter-of-factly. But mom, he said, this is something I want you to do with us. You've never gone with us. This is something I really want to do with you. I got to be honest, at that, I, I melted, but I also cringed at the same time. I knew deep inside that saying yes to this was important, but sleeping on the ground in a tent in the heat with spiders and mosquitoes and swimming in murky lakes with mysterious slimy things and walking in the dark to a bathroom shared with strangers in the middle of the night with unseen rodents and not bathing for days unless you like cold showers. <laughs> well, all that ranks among the least of my interests and my tolerance levels. <laughs> Do any of you relate with that? Well, look, in my defense, let me say this. I have gone on 10 missions trips in foreign countries, okay? Each trip was as challenging as it was awesome, and each one offered serious training in selflessness and discomfort. But to me, discomfort makes sense when there's a purpose. Like, you know, you're on a missions trip. <laughs> but rustic camping in a tent for the fun of it? Nah. I both sheepishly and confidently confess I am a glamper girl at best. But I knew that that was not an acceptable reason to decline my son's request. See, only a day prior... I had been contemplating, this wasn't the first time I had contemplated like this, but I had been contemplating once again how fast time is flying on my parenting journey and shocked once again by how few years we have left with Zach before he's an adult and we launch him off on his own. Well, as this flooded my thoughts, I grit my teeth and decided I'd agree to the not so great in my mind adventure. <laughs> I went ahead and said yes to my son. Although I secretly admit now that I hope I was hoping he'd forget about it. <laughs> well, days later, I realized how all this talk about camping and tents meshed amazingly well with my preparations for that week's women's Bible study, which just so happened to be about the tabernacle or the temple in scripture. The Lord had gotten my attention and what he revealed was wonderful. Okay, to begin with, here are the biblical definitions for the words tabernacle and temple. So in other words, if you look up the Hebrew from the Old Testament root words and the Greek from the New Testament root words for tabernacle and temple, in the Bible, this is what you get. Residence, 
dwelling place, habitation, house, sacred place, and tent. Yes, you heard that right. Tent. Tabernacle and temple mean tent. There are almost 700 scriptures that contain the words tabernacle or temple. And as I examined them, I was compelled to make a list of all the marvelous things that happened in both the Old and New Testament temple. Listen, just sit back, relax, and and enjoy. Listen to what happens in God's temple. It's where we meet with God. It's where God speaks with us and teaches us. It exists for the name of the Lord. It's dedicated to him. Offerings and sacrifices are made to him there continually as an ordinance forever. God's temple is intentionally and skillfully created by God with wisdom. It's artistically designed by the Lord with specific instructions and measurements. It's ornate. It's beautiful. It's great, wonderful, and valuable. It's made for those who seek the Lord. A place of cleansing, holiness, and sanctification. It's a house for the God that nothing can contain. It's a place for praising and thanking the Lord with music and singing and songs and instruments and shouts of praise. And when this occurs, his glory fills the temple. Jesus is there. He is found there. It's where he is about his father's business. In his house, Jesus destroys, casts out, and scatters anything that would defile it. At the pinnacle of the temple is where Jesus speaks his word and rebukes Satan, sending the enemy fleeing. Oh, in the temple, Jesus heals the blind and the lame. He prophesies. He comforts those in widowhood as we fast, pray, and choose to never leave. We come to the temple early in the morning and hear him. It's where we meet daily with an attitude of gladness. We meet with Jesus and in unity with the brethren, and this results in multiplication. The temple is where we stand up and tell others about and testify of Jesus. Isn't this list astounding? Oh, and before you think that all this temple talk is about going to church, you may want to think again. Absolutely, going to church is extremely important, but that discussion is for another day. This is about the Lord's tabernacle, and his temple is no longer a physical structure or a man-made building. It is you. Yes, we who have placed our trust in Jesus and surrendered our lives to him now have his Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And God says, as a result, we are now his temple. We are his tent. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? 
whom you have from God and you are not your own? Please take time to consider all that I just shared about what happens in God's temple. You may even want to rewind a couple minutes and replay that. Consider it in light of you being that very tent being described. Miraculous, isn't it? May we each take caution, though. All this glory is accompanied by warnings as well. The scripture also reveals this about God's temple. His temple can be plundered. It can be taken into captivity by the enemy as a result of resisting God, disobeying him, or stubbornly refusing his guidance. Adultery desecrates his temple and idolatry shames it. Worry, stress, envy, and fear can torment it and make it sick. Within the temple, many minds question Jesus' authority. Indignant attitudes and unbelief can push their way in, convincing us that Jesus is not the God he says he is. And sadly, scripture shows us that Jesus can be standing right in front of us in the temple and we can miss the fact that he is Messiah. Now that's sobering. This straight from the word of God. God's tent, your being, was designed for spectacular things. Oh, may it be coupled with deliberate daily determination to use it for his glory and not for the enemy's desecration. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 to 17 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Well, let me leave you with a challenge. I believe there's a beautiful transition of this temple theme in God's word. Please don't miss this. It's magnificent. Follow this. The tabernacle began as a literal tent. In the Old Testament, it's documented that tent was out in the desert with God's people made of curtains and wooden poles. It was established as a portable meeting place for God and his people as they traveled through the wilderness. Then King Solomon built a permanent, awe-inspiring, ornate structure of precious gems and gold and bronze, wood and stone that experienced both godly use and godless abuse. That temple that King Solomon built experienced both tragic destruction and blessed reconstruction. Finally, after a new one was built years later in Jerusalem, while his disciples reflected on its grandeur, grandeur, Jesus spoke a prophecy of his own resurrection, along with a shocking declaration. Listen to what Jesus said in John 2, 21. Destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. Then the Jews said, Huh, it's taken us 46 years to build this temple. And you'll raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. 
Did you catch that? Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. See, all along this tabernacle throughout scripture represented not only a meeting place for God and man together, and not just the embodiment of the Lord's presence, but it was also a picture of Jesus himself. Now you might be saying, wait, wait, wait. I thought we were the temple of the Holy Spirit. Oh yes, yes, we are. We are because Jesus is. See, because Jesus, the temple of his own spirit, dwells within us, we are now his temple. We are where he dwells, where he resides. We are his habitation. We are his sacred place. We are his tent in which he camps. <laughs> Sweet, right? Well, it's about to get sweeter. In John 15, 4, Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. In John 14, 6 to, 16 to 17, he goes further saying, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. That he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells or he abides with you and will be in you. Now, do you know, maybe from some of my previous teachings, what the biblical definition is for the word abide? To abide means to remain to stay. Yes, even literally it means to stay overnight. To camp. To camp, to stay overnight. If I may propose in a simple and sweet way, it's like the Lord is saying, camp in my tent and I in yours. Do you want to know the best part to all this? The best part to all of this is actually our future tent. Our future tent, our future dwelling place where we will stay forever is eternal because that future tent is Jesus himself. This is so profound. Listen to this. It's in 2 Corinthians 5.1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And then Revelation 21, three says, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. So my dear friends, let's go camping. And it doesn't just happen. We need to make a choice. We need to be intentional about utilizing God's temple as it was designed. Are you all in? Jesus is. Despite your fears of discomfort and all the unknowns, in the midst of life's mosquitoes and darkness and strangers, even if you're a sticky hot mess, <laughs> he camps in your tent and he fills you with his glory. Will you now camp in his and glorify him. And as a little PS, as I finish this, just to let you know, 
our family did end up having a camping date. Yes, sweaty, grimy, uncomfortable, but gloriously unglamorous. <laughs> it was truly one of our best family memories. Well, at least for my son.